This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the bonus material episode of Basically. Before I get into the episode today, I just want to thank you for listening to this episode. Um, if you are listening to this episode, it is because you are um, supporting the podcast financially, for which I'm very grateful. Um, and I guess you guys that support the podcast are the real community, the people that I interact with more, that I try to get back to on Instagram. Um, also, if, if you are one of these people and you haven't been in touch with me or I haven't gotten back to you, let me know that you are one of the BOMA supporters. Because um, it's all about who you know. Um, anyway, so this week for the bonus material, um, I deci- this month, I decided that I would do listener questions because um, I do a lot of Q&As on Instagram, but... I get so many questions that I don't get to answer them all the time and I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to ask questions of me or of anything and and, and I give you some time of day to actually answer them. So the first question um, is from Siobhan and she wants to know if it's not too personal my experience of um, having an eating disorder. Uh, so my experience of and we have a podcast about this this month but my experience of having an eating disorder is it was a tough one Um, uh, I guess I didn't really know I had an eating disorder um, until until it turned very seriously towards anorexia Um, but I was um, like looking back I probably had issues with binge eating disorder as a teenager and a young adult um, but I didn't really identify it Um, then I decided to lose weight when I was about 27 and I did that very drastically and very dramatically but because the world is so obsessed with people losing weight and praises them so much I didn't realise that actually what I was doing was restricting food cutting out food groups starving myself tracking calories in a way that's really not healthy Um, but people are all like oh wow you look amazing keep going even doctors so I didn't really realise it until I kept going too far and um, as my body started shutting down, like my period stopped for three and a half years, which is a really, really solid sign that like you're underweight, your body is not getting enough nutrients and it's like, OK, so you can barely keep yourself alive. We're definitely going to stop you having the opportunity to have a child. So we're going to stop your period. But some women, particularly like if you're on the pill or... It, you know, if if you're on a contraceptive, you might not even notice that your period has stopped. And some people think it's like a badge of honour when, you know, if they're really into fitness. Um, but anyway, so my period stopped and I went to an endocrinologist and she said, you're going to have to gain weight to get your period back. Are you willing to do that? And I said, no. Um, and I then my hair fell out, was really, really thinning. I had to have a bone density scan. I had osteopenia which is the start of osteoporosis I was really really cold all the time I was miserable and starving and everyone was just complimenting me so I didn't see it as a problem and then um, you know the body keeps score so eventually the body craves food really really a lot um, and so I would eat and then it turned into bulimia because I just didn't want to keep down the food that I was eating um, I've since found out that there's a really big uh, connection actually between autism in women and, and anorexia diagnoses. A lot of women who are diagnosed with anorexia are undiagnosed autistic, but that's for another day. Anyway, um, so I then went back to that endocrinologist again, probably two years later. Um, actually, the day my nana died, I she died in the morning and then I was had an appointment with the endocrinologist that day already scheduled. And she said, you have to gain weight to get your period back. Are you willing to do that? And at that point, it had been two years since I'd last seen her and I just said yes. So she told me to get a book, which is called No Period, Now What? 
and I really recommend it if you're having this issue. And uh, I did what it said in the book and I had to gain weight and I had to increase the calories I was eating. I had to delete my fitness pal. I had to stop exercising as much as I was, um, as intensely as I was as well. And um, just learn to relax and rest and um, just go easy on my body. And eventually in January, so Nana died in September and in January, um, my period came back on a train to Athenry. Um, And... Yeah, and since then, um, I've been trying to, like, not go back to those behaviours, which is really difficult. Um, And my period has been consistent as my weight has been consistent. So that is my experience of the eating disorder. It's still something that I get help for. So I still have therapy once a week um, in an eating disorder special unit. And we work through the things that maintain the eating disorder. And uh, so... Yeah, because, it, you know, it can creep back in um, every now and again. So that is that question answered. My next question is how to get into being pu- a published writer in newspapers and magazines, etc. People ask me this a lot and I know that it's a lot of people's dreams. Um, you have to, first of all, become a voice. Like you need to, I think, be already doing it so whether you have a blog whether you have an interesting Instagram account you have to be constantly putting out opinions or putting out your voice as a writer and then other people will pay attention to that when it gets enough attention and that is how and and that's how that goes like no one is going to hire a completely unknown voice to write in a newspaper or to or to contribute to a radio show it's just not how it works and that could be like you could contact your local paper like so if I was in Mallow it would be like the Vale Star or was it the Mallow Star I don't know which now Um, you could be writing you know writing a frequent blog post even putting up uh, TikToks or Instagram reels that show your opinion that are gathering um, that's gathering an audience but the most important thing is that you are showcasing your voice consistently so that people don't so that you're not such a huge risk um so i would be saying to you write every day write whether it's writing on instagram you know people like consistency so write something every day about whatever your special interest is or what your topic what you think you'd be writing about in a paper contact local papers contact local radio stations ask if you can do regular um you know, regular pieces about, you know, you have to be specific about what you're going to be writing about. Um, and then, it, it, then that's kind of the same with the book. Now, for me, the book, I, I, I've not written fiction. I've just written nonfiction, which is sort of personality based. So I was already sort of known having written Canco Bone Cup, which was on Netflix and been on The Late Late Show five or six times. And that's when the publishers asked if I would be interested in writing a book because people had already started to say like, oh, she's the voice of a generation, which I think is a terrible phrase, by the way, um, because I'm absolutely not the voice of a generation and I cannot speak to the experience of many, many people in my generation. So... Yeah, it's about being consistent and actually doing it. Like if you want to be a writer and you want to be writing professionally, you should be writing every day um, and and putting that out, whether it's in a blog or on Instagram or on Facebook, something that's garnering an audience so that you'll see as well, like what gets what gets attention. Like I know when I write in the paper, 
I'll get a lot of attention on certain topics. Other times I won't get any. And that teaches me like, oh, what do people want to be hearing from me? So that is that question. I know it's not a very satisfying answer. You absolutely do not have to study journalism. You don't have to study English in college. If you do go to university, it's a really good um, idea to get involved in the university newspaper um, because that does that does get attention. Um, so those things will help. Um, and yeah, contact... You're really going to have to be proactive about it, like contact uh, smaller magazines, smaller outlets, and you're going to have to be giving them samples of your stories, um, ideas for what you would like, pitches for what stories you'd be wanting to cover. Um, so, yeah, that 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 is my tip on that. Um, so I answered the first two questions and I was like, hmm, how can I make this more interesting? And then Alan... Came Hello. back. Hello, Alan. <laughs> I really don't know if it's going to make it more interesting, but I'm here. I haven't seen you in so long. I know, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy home ownership. Thank you very much. Same to you. A little late, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had your house? Since 2018. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we're brand new. Right at the end of 2021. We went sale agreed in June and um, got the house in like the 18th of December. What happened in the interim? Oh, God. Every, everything happened. We went sale agreed. I went sale agreed on the 8th of February. And I got the keys on the 21st of April. Oh, yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah, no, every everything went wrong. You know, solicitors talking to each other. Um, Irish water, there was an issue there. There was... Oh. Sorry, someone is ringing me and I have to take the call. That's okay. It's Work a doctor, away. is that okay? Yeah, yeah, this, this has been great. I'll just keep talking here. Hello? I'm the one you all wanted to listen to anyway. Sorry, I left there to um, take a phone call. <laughs> um, Welcome back. Thanks, I'm back. <laughs> welcome back. You seem... You seem um, like you're in a much better mood since the phone calls. So oh like yeah, it's a great phone call. <laughs> um, um, where were we? You were talking about all of the issues oh, with your house. Yeah, I don't really want to go into it again <laughs> because okay. it was such a trek. But you're but in now. A very long time from June to like the last possible day we could have got in before Christmas and we got the keys like after 6pm. Like it was, it was such a trek. But we got in and uh, we're delighted. The house was absolutely freezing there's no insulation it was built in the early 70s the boiler was broken there was uh, a stove with a back boiler so you had to like feed it a lot of solid fuel and then the radiators were full of gunk so they didn't even heat up that much so it was terrible but we got a new boiler we got the radiators flushed and we're very happy in our little house well i wish you endless success and happy years thank you very much in your little chuck how has everything been for you so far this year so far this year everything has been fine um, started off in Abu Dhabi that was great oh yeah um, what a surprise yeah I couldn't <laughs> believe we got there I was pretty sure COVID would take us out yeah yeah and then yeah it's actually gone really fast which has been appreciated because I don't like January as a month yeah well who does not many people probably people who have their birthdays some Aquarians some Aquarians Capricorns and Aquarians right the worst are, are they the worst no Aquarians are nice <laughs> Capricorns could be a bit spike. <laughs> You're going to lose like a twelfth of your audience. Well, no, Capricorns are actually very hardworking, methodical. They'll sort of like be okay. like a. Is that not are you? Not that. I'm. I am hardworking, methodical, but I think that's because I'm autistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm a Taurus; it's that I'm autistic. Right. Um, and which month is the autistic? Uh, all months, actually. <laughs> Star sign. Uh, autism yeah. is from the twenty-first of no. I heard on a different podcast. What podcast was it? Oh, it was Agony Rants actually another Headstuff podcast where nice plug. The, thank you very much. The um, Total Pro 
the the months shifted a little bit or the days I'll stop with your is that not real it is real but it just means that everyone has changed and I'm not accepting it so <laughs> no thank right. you okay and Pluto okay. is a planet oh right okay okay you're you've done the science and it's I've done my own f- research <laughs> DYOR okay. do your own research okay okay cool so I have some questions you have some questions I for have me some from questions for you listeners. from your Instagram and uh these are all from Instagram followers, so I'm not going to name anybody, but you'll know who you are. Okay. Do you ever get triggered with podcast guests? Um, yes, because we do a lot of like... The ones that don't get released. <laughs> the ones that you never hear. <laughs> no, in fairness, like sometimes we have, um, we do podcasts on serious topics and they can be quite... Um, not triggering because of something that's happened to me necessarily, but sometimes things can be difficult to listen to um, I'm trying to think of examples I mean you were badly triggered by uh, Harvey from Sabrina weren't you <laughs> no I wasn't although I do love him um, what have I been triggered by you know the ones that we when we talk about eating disorders before I had decided to actually disclose that I have an eating disorder those can be kind of triggering things generally seem to be less triggering when you have when you're not holding a secret when you don't mm. have um, shame around something right uh, but then even ones that I don't have experience of like Professor Anthony McCarthy telling the story mm. of the woman who had the miscarriage and buried it in the garden like those sorts of stories are so sort of like psychologically arresting that you're like oh wow that is something and then uh, some of the religious ones triggered something in me where I was like I want to convert to Islam or like I want a stronger <laughs> faith than I have um, I'm the exact opposite to you. What do you mean? I want no faith whatsoever. Why? Because I, I just want like just things to be facts and reason and I don't want to have faith in anything. I don't want to be like, ah, yeah, it's probably just take it on somebody else's word. But what about the things that can't be explained or made meaning out of? How do you... Like what? Like death, like... Death can be explained. <laughs> death can be explained, but like where do people go when they die? In the ground. Or... Into a furnace. <laughs> so they're gone, gone. Yeah. So people's spirit, there's no such thing as like no. keeping the spirit of someone alive. No, I mean, in terms of other people's memories, if, if you want to call that like a spirit, like, you know, the, the death of a relative remains in my brain or whatever, and, you know, the brains over that knew them and that kind of thing. But in terms of them, yeah, they're gone. Yeah. And what about um, like how to make meaning out of things that just can't, you like, just don't make sense? Like, like, like the tragic death of a child or murderers or cancer or but I mean awful things happen in the world and they're awful things I mean what's so just the world is awful and people are horrendous no not the world is awful but there's a lot of awful stuff in the world and there's a lot of horrendous people Um, and you just win some you lose some yeah okay I don't want to have this discussion with you anymore (laughs) like you win some you lose some that's pretty much it yeah I want to get that but I also think that like most of the bad people have something tragic in their lives or something wrong with them or there's some reason that they do the things they do yes I can understand that and have compassion but like what about just like random babies getting leukemia and dying yeah well I, I I prefer that it's it's just an awful part of life than there's some god somewhere who decides this baby gets leukemia and dies. Like, that that god who apparently has the, the power to stop it. And no, it it's not that the god has the power to stop it or that god has the power to create it, but that god or something in the universe that is bigger than us that we can't explain has the power to 
comfort us in immeasurable grief to be like, okay, this is this is part of something. And the something that it's part of is like life, the meaning of life, which is what you've already gotten to. But that like, mm. you yeah. have to trust in something more than just the Big Bang. All of the scientists who've ever contributed anything to explaining the world to us have been like, and then there's this other factor that we don't really understand, like gravity. Are there's a God all? molecule though. Yes. Einstein. No. Newton. Oh, actually, they did like. They did what? They absolutely believed in like a God. They were all religious people. I'm well, Googling it. Uh, Newton maybe because he was like around in, you know, what, 1600s or whatever. And, was, you know, they didn't know as much stuff. But Einstein talks about God in a way that's like sort of in us as opposed to, you know, a great hand guiding us or guiding anything, really. You know, it's... He, he, no, I'm not saying that he was naive, but he did believe in like a higher something. I, I don't think he did. I think when he's talking about higher something, he's talking about like space. He's talking about like <laughs> physics is the higher being. Like physics is the higher thing. And we don't fully understand it yet. But... So you don't understand... You see, you don't know that there might not be a God. No, of course not. I just don't think there is. And I don't see any reason why there needs to be. And I don't see any evidence that there is. And if there is one, I have a lot of questions and I'm very annoyed. <laughs> well, you'll get to meet him one day. You can ask him all your questions. <laughs> I look forward to it. That would be a good conversation. Okay. Um, okay, we move on to the next one. Did you attribute a lot of your autistic traits to anxiety before being diagnosed? Yes. <laughs> Simple answer. Yeah. Oh, God, my God, the list of therapists that I saw. For different things, all related to anxiety. Anxiety about different types of food, anxiety about social events, anxiety about when people were going to die, anxiety about what was happening within me, anxiety about why I couldn't keep friendships, anxiety about, like, it was all just like autism, 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 autism. And I'm only learning that now, so it's a little bit of an identity crisis. Did any of them say it at the time? Like, no. Like, pro- no. no. So one of them diagnosed me with, what, what did you do? Uh, dissociative personality disorder something like I've had uh, yeah like it's all yeah. and there's an anger there where I'm like somebody should have known right yeah particularly it's after hard, the first though, book and now uh, why can't everything just stay the same was the name of the book yeah. and it literally charted from my childhood all yeah. of the struggles I had yeah but you're, it's not a requirement for your therapist to have read your books it should be. <laughs> it would really help. <laughs> read this. Um, I'd like to schedule an appointment. Also read these two books and watch this TV series and read all my Instagram posts and tweets. <laughs> and read the Sunday Independent. Yeah. And, um, then, and then we can get started. But uh, it would help because you have to constantly rehash the same old shite. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I obviously don't request that my therapist read my book. Um, and she hasn't. But my current one hasn't. But it's so internal. Like, you know, if you go somewhere with like a broken arm, it's like, oh yeah, your arm's broken. But you're just sitting there and all of this is inside you and they're trying to get it out by like talking. It's really like I'm not obviously any sort of psychologist or psychiatrist. It's really difficult when they don't know what to look out for. Yeah. And they're not trained because they're trained. Like even if they are trained in autism, it's come on a lot in the last few years. But like it's it's been trained in like Mm. six year old boys who couldn't speak and rocked back and forth in the corner Mm. or adult men who couldn't Mm. have romantic relationships and just were really good at maths so if I'm coming to you saying look I just don't seem to be able to I I make friends very very easily and it's very intense for a few weeks and then they just think I'm too much why is this happening or I 
don't really understand how I'm feeling within myself. I can't put words on it. You know, any of the fucking symptoms that I have. Mm. Are they called symptoms? Facets, I think they're called. Okay. Um, Until eventually a doctor was like, I read your book mm. and <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be assessed. And I was like, bullshit. And then two more d- clinicians were like, have you ever thought about being okay. assessed for ASD? And at that point I was like, Oh yeah, and but you see, when I say those things, like on Instagram or on the podcast, people are like, "Oh, I'm also anxious when I have to go to the cinema with mm. a l- large group of people, or I have to go." Mm. Yes, that doesn't mean that you're autistic, you know. Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. does not mean the other. It's just that, on balance, autistic people may experience a lot of anxieties. Yeah. You might experience some of those, but yeah, it's yeah. not the sa- to the yeah, same yeah. degree. Yeah. Okay. Um, question three: What adjustments, if any? have you made since your autism diagnosis? What adjustments have I made? It's like a slow process because it's hard, right? Because you it's, you kind of have an identity crisis because we are, mm. humans are meaning-making beings. We want to make meaning of things. And so we create these little narratives like, mm-hmm. oh, the reason that I'm sometimes a little bit rude in emails is because I'm German and I'm straight to the point. Right. Or, oh, the reason that I like... I don't know, like the reason I like this sort of food is because I'm from Cork and my grandmother always made it or or I'm a Taurus. We make meaning out of ourselves and then all of a sudden you're confronted with actually no, it's because you're autistic and all of a sudden you have to go back and sort of like relook at everything and mm. learn a new way and the people who've known you all along, I have been masking. So I've been saying like, okay, I've been really good at always being on time and being very efficient and being very polite to people. And then I'll just cancel if I'm not able to do something. But if I don't want to cancel and I want to show up as my autistic self in a way that is, I have to make some adjustments. So it's harder. I'm working with some people now, like in my career, who've only known me since the diagnosis. And I find Mm. that so much easier than having to like work with people who I knew before. Like, Mm. for example, say I'm on the Late Late Show. Yeah. TV studios are so stressful they're so bright they're so loud you're not in control of what's happening someone just points at where you need to sit you don't know what the questions are going to be you don't know who's going to be there but I do that all the time but it takes an awful lot out of me Mm. and now I have to say beforehand like can I please have the questions can I please have a quiet room that I can go to beforehand and all of a sudden people are like hang on now like she was able to do this absolutely no problem (laughs) all these years and now she's asking for all these accommodations and I wasn't doing it fine no you problem you were struggling with it but the it next, wasn't obvious the next two days I wouldn't be able to speak right. like when I'm really burnt out I can't talk like oh, really? the words don't come out it happened to me the other day actually in, an, in a doctor's appointment and I was just like nodding mm. it's never actually happened to me before in like in public so I remember you saying it to me one time we were going to have a phone call and you said can't talk today yeah, <laughs> yeah. but and some people think that's like oh I can't talk to them too busy I was like I literally yeah. I can't talk I today thought, what a bitch yeah. um, but you see this is the thing so um, yeah yeah so what accommodations, those those changes, adjustments, that's, that's, I've kind of started to ask or I've started to say like, actually, this takes too much out of me. It's not worth it. So I'm saying no to things or I have to do this thing, which is like energy accounting, which is an interesting concept. Imagining your energy reserves like a bank oh, account. Is this the thing with the spoons? You have a certain number of spoons. Some people call it spoon theory and they do it okay. with spoons, but that's I've sort of, of I don't yeah. really understand the spoon. I don't know why it's spoons either. I don't know why it's spoons, yeah. um, but the concept is like with anyone who's neurodivergent or if you have chronic pain or you're living with any sort of difficulty um, 
you imagine that you wake up in the morning and you have a certain number of spoons or you have a certain yeah. level of energy. Right. Like a certain amount of money. Today is a 12 spoon day. Today, yeah. Or today is a 100 euro day. I have 100 euro right. when I wake up in the morning. Okay, right. so I have to do a podcast with Alan. Yeah. How many euros is that going to take away from me? Then I have to cook dinner. Then I have to go to the doctor. Then I have to do this. And all of a sudden, I have like minus 40 euro. That's yeah. not going to be good. So I have to adjust my day across the week. Yeah. So that I'm sort of balancing things out a bit more. Right. It's okay. an annoying concept because it's hard to know, do I have 100 euro? Who decides yeah, to have 100 yeah, euro in the morning? Yeah. So it's sort of a trial and error piece. Yeah. But um, And obviously the, this podcast is putting some money back into the account. Oh yeah, because it's so like fulfilling. re-energizing and fulfilling. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But there is also things that put things back into the account. Um, so I do those as well. But yeah, so those are sort of some of the adjustments that I've made. Um, and also um, just trying to be less... Just trying not to set myself on fire to keep other people warm in a way that I might have in the past, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, that's not a great idea. No, no. it's not. You yeah. just get burnt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you happier since your diagnosis? Am I happier since my diagnosis? Happier is a strange concept, isn't it? Mm. Like, no, like at, at the start I was relieved. Yeah. Like, oh God, finally, I understand. And then, and then there's a grief of like, oh God, mm. now... There's like a little bit of hope was taken away from me because mm. I always thought that like with enough self-help books and enough motivation and mm. determination, I could overcome these things. With enough Harry Barry, I could do it. <laughs> um, and then there's like, oh, actually, no, this is the way my brain works. And it's always going to work like that. Yeah. It always has worked like that. So there are some things that I'm probably never going to be able to do. Um, but after that phase then comes remem- remembering that like neuroplasticity is a thing and you mm. still can learn new ways. Mm. Um, and you probably can do anything that you want to do as long as there are enough accommodations before and after them. So am I happier? I make more sense to myself. So I'm not like, why am I like this? Mm. Which is tiring. Um, but I don't know about happier. Do you feel it gave you, this is just me now, uh, sort of a bit more license to like be yourself? Like you're, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, definitely. Like before I would be, you know, I'd, try and ask for things that I needed but I might have to give a reason or I have to might have to make up a lie like oh I'm going to be a little bit late so I'll just walk straight into studio trying to avoid having to do small talk with people oh right okay yeah, yeah. and now I'm just like well do they know I'm autistic so I'm like hey can I have a quiet room there just to hang out beforehand All right um, and I feel like I'm apologising less to people okay and oh, I don't good. feel the need to be like oh I need to know what to talk to this person about when I see them mm. they just kind of know if it's a little bit of an awkward encounter at the start it'll yeah. be fine yeah okay cool um, another question uh, does it annoy you when people are fat phobic on the podcast I haven't noticed much fat phobia on the podcast um, I think I kind of uh, arrest that when it does happen even we did an episode today which is coming out on the I want to say the 15th of February uh, no not the 15th the 7th actually it's probably going to be out um, and it's about binge eating disorder mm. and how toxic um, how diets don't work they simply do not work if they worked they wouldn't be a billion dollar industry because you'd lose the weight you wanted to lose and then you'd be finished and you wouldn't be paying them anymore. Um, They don't work and they propagate an underlying assumption that being in a larger body is negative. Things especially like Weight Watchers, Slimming World, all those things are really, really toxic. And how fat phobia is actually killing people because doctors are fat phobic. 
people are being denied access to care. They're being denied access to, you know, their BMI, which is a stupid metric created by an astronaut, which is just about your relationship to your body's relationship to gravity. They're all useless. And so we talked about all that. So I'm trying to remember when it was ever fat phobic. If someone mentions like a weight, like if someone mentions a diet they've been on in the podcast and it's totally unrelated, I'm not going to pull them up Mm. on something Mm. because these are guests, these are people I don't know Mm. and I don't feel like it's fair. The power balance is in my favour. So I feel like if I'm going to call someone out on a podcast, something... It's not that kind of gotcha podcast or... Yeah. Podcast, yeah. Um, but I would hope that people would largely know that me as a person, the podcast and all of the stuff that I put out there is absolutely not fat phobic and actively tries to combat fat phobia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a few kind of um, more personal questions, but uh, should we power through them? How did you buy your house? <laughs> How did I buy my house? Let me guess, bag of cash. <laughs> Bag of cash, bag of cans. People are so funny with their questions. How did, like I once I got, how much do you weigh? Like what? Oh, really? What is that question? Uh, how did I buy my house? I bought my house with a deposit from my grand uncle who died. And Sorry, just reminded me of. Do you remember? Do you ever seen a camera with PJ in it? And he's plays the character with the jumper. I think he's called Jumper Man. I didn't. I um, can't really remember. Naked Camera for anyone who doesn't know is like a sort of a hidden camera show yeah just remember it just reminded me of one of the sketches where he actually does go into like an auctioneer and <laughs> just like you know there's pictures of houses and sale price and he goes oh, that one there yeah yeah I'll take that one <laughs> and your man's like do you want to like go and view it he goes ah looks fine that looks grand there let's take that one <laughs> and did they <laughs> no he like, he's like um, n- uh, no it doesn't really work that way <laughs> it's very funny though anyway um, sorry uh, you had a deposit I from had your I had some of a deposit from my grand uncle who passed away and then uh as in inheritance, like inheritance, yeah. <laughs> no, I stole it from him, <laughs> and uh, I, um, we were told to, told to move out of the house we had been renting, and at that point I was like, oh god, it's so hard to find somewhere to rent in Dublin, twenty eighteen. So I went into the bank and I said, what's the story with mortgages? And that's literally the sentence I said. Can I have one of them mortgages? <laughs> and she was like, I can stress test you there, girl, if you want. Like, if this you was in Cork, obviously. Yeah, or she was. <laughs> you have a half an hour and thing. And I was like, oh yeah, no bother. And then she stress tested me and I passed. And um, <laughs> then it was a good year. Like I had been on the cover of a lot of magazines, which I think okay. <laughs> made people think that yeah, maybe yeah. I was earning more money right. than I was. Yeah. And uh, and then I, I viewed two houses and I, I knew that I was only going to view two because... If I have too many options, I'll get too overwhelmed and too oh, stressed. Wow. Right. So, like, as long as it didn't have black mold, like, I was going to be like, this will be fine. If okay. I can live in this, it will be fine. And you're happy with the one you got? It had to be closer to my nana than the place I was renting. Uh-huh. I was in Fibsborough, she was in Castlenock. So it had yeah, to be okay. like either Fibsborough, Cabra, or the Navan Road. So I, on the second house I viewed, I was like, this one. And then I just kept bidding on it. Uh, like did you have an upper limit yes I had an upper limit um, it was um, the asking price was 25,000 euro below what my mortgage mm. was mm. and eventually we went to my mortgage right. and I then also bid they bidded my mortgage and I bidded 1,000 euro more oh, and right. then I got it that was it yeah wow it's amazing isn't it yeah we were we were in a couple of little bidding wars like that where we were like oh yeah let's go like a little bit more, you know. It's dangerous, isn't it? Though, because you're really in a bidding dangerous. where you can lose, you can lose sight of what the house is actually worth. Absolutely, because we then bought another house. We actually decided to stop looking in Dublin altogether, and we bought in Kildare. 
and we now are like we really dodged a bullet we were going to spend way too much on a house that wasn't worth it and we were ready to do it we were like excited and now we know like what we could have got and we're only like half an hour down the road you know and is your like did you have some money left over from your mortgage that you can then put into the house did you need to do that yeah yeah great yeah it's great and we have like space you know we have like spare bedrooms you know yeah (laughs) it's amazing like unheard of yeah we have like a big garden on in front and behind the house like it's it's total game changer than looking at dublin and we were just as soon as we decided it doesn't have to be in dublin we can look in other places we were so much happier everything just worked better and like auctioneers are trying to sell you a house you kind of forget that when you're looking at dublin you know you walk up to a house and they open the door and go on have a look yeah yeah it's 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 up for uh it's up for 380,000 we already have a bid for 415 so have a look anyway see what you see what you think and then you go to Kildare and they're like here's the house look how big the sitting room is look at the back garden you could do a lot with this it's great whereas in dublin they just don't even care they won't show you that anyone that we met they were just like yeah have a look they just it was just like the house is going to sell regardless it doesn't really matter if i try and sell it to you and they were probably looking at us going you can't afford it (laughs) so um totally different experience once we started looking outside of dublin and we're delighted yeah very cool and how do you get in train car um so far the car but that's just because not everyone is back to work um so once the roads get busy again i'll take the train yeah there's a train that goes to pier station Oh my god, which is like, I could spit a pier station from here. Yeah, it's extremely close. Uh, unfortunately, it leaves at like half seven in the morning or something, so I'm just going to have to like change my hours, but I can I can do that. Yeah, I'm not a normally an early person, you know, so. But what time is the next train? There's surely more than one train. There's only one that goes directly to Pierce. Oh, right, okay. I, actually, there's two, but the other one's earlier, I think. Okay, which The rest of them go to Houston. No, jeez, no. Half seven will be a bit of a push, but I'll, I'll put, I think I'll be able to manage it when I need to. I'll do my podcast early for you. Oh yeah, get you in straight away. That'll make it work well. Oh, but the guests. Oh, the guests, they'll all tell you no. The guests will be like, no. Unless you're having like a doctor or whatever that's starting at eight or whatever, I can do it. Or they, they're just coming off their shift from like, they started two days <laughs> two earlier. Two days earlier. <laughs> I'm just coming off a 72 hour shift. I'll meet you at seven o'clock. Do you and Noel ever fight? Is the this a question? question? <laughs> oh my God. It's the next question. Do you Noel and I ever fight? No. Is that weird? Um, do you no. and Ashling fight? We, we don't, we're pretty good. Like, Yeah, we don't fight too much. No. No, um, like any, the most aggro I'll get, I'd be like, please don't walk behind me in the kitchen. I don't like people ever walking behind me. Right. Um, it's yeah. a sense I just hate people Does behind he me. Make a habit of. No, but the only time it happens would be in the kitchen if I'm at the cooker and he's like going to the sink or the kettle. He okay. has to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we just kind of have a. You should just line out rule. different tracks on your uh, on the floor. There, like there's the like an old track one. and there's a, like a Stephanie track and you know that kind of thing. And so he's never behind you. He's like a little bit to the side. And he's not allowed to walk on the Stephanie track. Well, we sort of have a uh, an unspoken rule that I've made very clear. <laughs> um, don't come in the kitchen when I'm in the kitchen. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Unless dinner is ready, in okay. which case he can sit at the table. Just like I'll a three meter him. force field around you at all times. We just social distance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, Do we yeah. ever fight? No. He's amazing. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. I haven't met him. Have I? No. Mm, you should though. You'll yeah. meet him at the live podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Are you excited about the live podcast? Yes. Yes. You, I'm excited. Yeah. You're going to be there. I'll be there. Great. Yeah, and Julie will be there. Great. We love um, Julie. You yeah, have to meet Julie great. sometimes, listener. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Julie has um, basically the producers of the podcast are now me and Julie, but Julie's actually been doing most of the work for the last while because you've been buying a house. I've been buying a house, and I was just like kind of constantly getting married last year, and you know, I sort of. <laughs> I felt. I feel like you got married loads. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. How many times did you get married? Well, just twice, but. I was like, I was best man once, I was groomsman two other times. I was just like constantly 
speaking at weddings. <laughs> it's like for some reason I'm just like always on stage at a wedding. Nice. So can you make yeah. money out of it? No, it costs you money, doesn't it? Uh oh yeah, it's all like relations and stuff and friends. So no, I don't make any money. <laughs> yeah, but you it also costs you money. Surely you have to give oh, those yeah. extortionate wedding presents to people. Oh yeah, wedding presents, you know, your room and stuff. Sometimes you don't pay for your room if you're like the best man. Sometimes you sometimes you still do. But yeah, weddings are very expensive. And we've like eight or nine this year. Oh no. You know you can say no. I can't say no to any of them. Why? Because they're all really close friends and family. So? Family, maybe. But like close I also friends. wouldn't want to say no. Like okay. I wouldn't want to miss their weddings. They're like my best friend, my sister, Ashling's best friend. You know, it's all people like that. My cousin, who I love as well. You know, I, I wouldn't want to miss the weddings. Okay. So I could say, here, I'll come to your wedding, but I'm not giving you a present. <laughs> but obviously you can't do that either. No, you can't. No. Because you have to spend, I think you have to spend at least cover your the cost of yourself at the wedding which is what well it depends on like some things but you know if it's like a full three course meal and stuff it's like 120 per person or something yeah and I think you kind of have to give more than that if you're like expected to be there and everything yeah I mean it's tough though I got I got married last year too I'm glad that's over yeah oh yeah did you find that very stressful oh I hated it I mean I love being married but getting married was very stressful but we did it actually I didn't have the diagnosis then but looking back on it now we made a lot of accommodations right so we got married in the morning and then we had the afternoon to ourselves I remember you telling me that so we had two friends on a balcony you know like we had just four of us Mm -hmm. um, for the afternoon Mm -hmm. and then more people came at at five o'clock for dinner and every table had a bowl of fidgets in it which I didn't realize obviously I didn't have the diagnosis what's a fidget fidget like a fidget spinner pop socket oh. you know different pop popping fit thing, Rubik's Cubes things that oh. I fiddle with all the time that oh, I need right. nice. but I didn't know <laughs> it's like yeah. you didn't know you were autistic yeah, no yeah. I didn't yeah. but other people found them fun too um, nice do you remember those games that like they were water they're filled with water and there's two little buttons that you press and the water shoots the rings up and they have to, the rings have to catch they're sort of like a pinball machine but they're full of water oh, right I have no idea what you're talking about no okay no. well there's here hang on there's someone at my door oh yeah listen to this I'm going to talk to the doorbell <laughs> yeah hello hi yeah I'm not here at the moment would you be able to put it into the green bin please yeah no bother see you later thank you see you later thank you I'm just going to watch him now put my parcel into the green bin. And the DPD man has left. Great. And um, is that always there? Does anyone else ever notice something going in the bin and then they come along and steal it? No, but also be on the camera. It will be on camera, yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to get caught though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it means at least I'll see it. Okay, <laughs> one last. Time, sorry, one, sorry I just have to tell you a quick anecdote and then yes. you can ask me the last question. Yeah. One time I was having lunch with PJ and <laughs> that happened. The, the DPD driver knocked on the door and I got... I answered it, but I didn't answer quick enough. And I saw him open my front door and put the thing inside my front door. And I was like, oh, my God, because you can't open my front door without a key. And then I realized I left the key in the door. Oh, my God. And then PJ was like, you're going to watch your house getting broken into. And then the next minute, the postman did the same thing. Oh, my God. Why is there no letterbox? I have only one of those um, external metal Le- oh, yeah, letterboxes yeah, yeah, so they yeah. won't put anything through that doesn't fit into that right okay so he left it on the stairs so then the next day I answered and uh, I continued my lunch with PJ I was like I'm not leaving now because it's going to be fine yeah and you've got CCTV there anyway yeah so. and he was like I thought that you left the key in because you wanted me to put the parcel inside the door and I was like no like if if there's ever a key in again will you please take the key out and put it inside the door and close the door because yeah, yeah, the house yeah. is going to get broken into yeah anyway it's not yeah. broken into I don't think 
you leave the door open it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, like that is going to get robbed either way <laughs> yeah. last question last question uh, ideal podcast guest ooh we could do this together okay who's yours oh god I kind of need um, I feel like I need some sort of context because like you know I don't, I don't have a podcast at the moment so like what what's the for basically my ideal so it, ha- so it has to be something you can kind of like learn something from or like take yes. like, okay oh uh, what do people want to make what do I want I think I would really like to have Neil deGrasse Tyson on because oh that'd be good yeah, he's that'd be great. really good at explaining space yeah. and physics he'd be good to talk about God and meaning and stuff as well no you're just challenging me no he 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 is good at talking about it like no but he's not he just he, he that's bias You he says what you want to hear yeah and he's very smart. <laughs> yes, but no, like, but he—I mean—he's actually good at talking about it. Like he's—he's he's not just going to say, "Oh, there's no God," but he'll talk about why he thinks there's no need for one, or in the in the our understanding of the universe at the moment, there's no place for one. Okay, well, I don't need you to dampen my faith. So no, but I'm not, not doing that. I think I'm just saying that some people are like, "There's no God," and it's stupid. But I think he's good at talking about it for like both sides of the argument. He's not like aggressive about it or anything. That's what I'm trying to say. He's good at it. Do you it. think he'd come on and not talk about God, but talk about physics? Probably not. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Would he actually come on to this podcast? Yeah. I think he would definitely come on and not talk about God and talk about physics. Uh, would he come on? Maybe. Um, he he does a podcast with Maeve Higgins, who's a fellow Cork person. I know that. And I know I like Star Talk a lot. Yeah. Um. So he'd be good. If he's ever in Ireland, definitely ask him. But he he could do an over Zoom or anything as well. Like he, he else, might do it. He does a lot. Like what else do people want to learn about? I really like health and science stuff. You know. Yeah. But oh. also the things that are helpful, like like the health insurance. Someone messaged me the other day to say that she listened to our health insurance podcast and she saved her both of her parents a thousand euro on their health insurance. Wow. Thank you, great. Dermot. Good. Can you believe it? That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's great actually to see um, a little plug for the sponsor but people getting a lot out of Rockwell as well yeah but they're like they're so good and people like it's such a minefield financial planning like I used them for my mortgage yeah they were amazing and I told them I'd recommend to anyone who's buying a house don't do it without a broker (laughs) go to Rockwell they just make it so much easier they were great yeah and this isn't we're not actually doing an ad right now that was uh, that was honest um because the ads aren't honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it, it could ads. feel it could feel we'll oh we'll get a plug in for the sponsor here, but we're not. This is actually Boma, so we're not sponsored by Rockwell. Yes, I just had a good experience with them. Um, yeah, that reminded me of another one. Um, when you're saying health and science, um, Ben Goldacre, he wrote um, Bad Science. And what's it about? Bad. It's about bad science. science. Oh, cool. So, and he wrote another one called um, Is it just called Big Pharma? But it's kind of about the health industry and like, like misconceptions and myths. Myths and exactly. <gasps> Can we get him on? He's a doctor. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's very big. His books are extremely successful. But What's and his he's, name? he's English, I think. Uh, ben Goldacre. Be good to talk to him. We should definitely try. I mean, there's no reason why. We can't I was thinking as well for Bo- for Boma, right? Ben Goldacre. A C. Ben Goldacre Ben get vaccinated Goldacre oh he's got 474,000 followers on Twitter I doubt he's going to respond to me Um, would it be interesting for Boma Mm -hmm. question to Alan Mm -hmm. if we had because some people message me on Instagram and they have amazing stories themselves like 
their battles of getting out of toxic relationships. Um, like one of them messaged me last week after listening to Anthony McCarthy about her fertility journey. People who have, you know, gotten houses through different means and whatever. Just that we'd have bonus material of like other people's human interest stories. Because one of our best podcasts ever rated was the anonymous nurse who got yeah, COVID. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. people sort of like mm. their own. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think a lot of people who are, you know, who message you or are support, supporters or whatever would love to sit and chat with you for half an hour. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. If they've got a good story. I'll put a call out. And we can't guarantee, like, we could record some of them. We won't guarantee they'll all go out, but we yeah. could record some and, you know, hope for the best kind of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, are you finished asking me questions? I am finished asking you questions. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's good to see you again. Thank you for coming in to see me. You too. Yeah, I chose to come in today because you were here today. That makes me very happy. Good. Because you've not done that several times when <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't choose not to come in because you were here. I just wasn't in those days, but I made it that I'll be in this day. Well, I took it personally. Okay. But I'm glad <laughs> that we rectified it. <laughs> that is another month of Bulma. I'm going to get on to... Um, Oh, also this month you guys are going to have first access to the tickets for the um, live podcast. And uh, 14th of February is the tickets and the 23rd of March is the show, which nobody knows yet. So you heard it here first. Okay, bye. Have a really nice month. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.